Hi, welcome to the DC Beer Show. Richard here. Uh, this week I have three really great conversations uh, that I very much enjoyed with people uh, who are innovating and finding interesting ways to deal with the situation that breweries, restaurants, brew pubs are facing right now. I've got Bob Pease from the Brewers Association to give us just a little bit of an overview of the CARES Act uh, and stimulus package and the federal legislation that's come out recently, how the Brewers Association sees the CARES Act affecting independent craft breweries in this country. After that, we're going to hear from Greg Angert of Neighborhood Restaurant Group talking a little bit about Neighborhood Provisions, their new delivery program. And this week, I'm ending with a conversation with John Bolton. He is the CEO of Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine. He and his partners have decided to issue $100,000 in grants, all of that in advertising at Craft Beer and Brewing, all of their properties to businesses in the brewing industry. So we talked a little bit about the program. Let's start with Bob. Bob, thank you so much for joining us this week with everything going on. I know it's busy time. My pleasure, Richard. Great to be back with you and hello to all of your listeners. All right. So the CARES Act has passed. There's been a stimulus package. We've been talking for two weeks on this show about you know what breweries are facing and, and how they can respond to this. So you know more than anybody, I think, about this particular topic when it comes to federal legislation. So tell us how the CARES Act and the recent stimulus package helps independent breweries and brew pubs and where it lacks and what we should be looking for. You bet. You know, one, I would want to give a shout out to all of the uh, small and independent breweries champions on Capitol Hill. We know we have a lot of supporters in the Congress in both houses and on both sides of the aisle. And, you know, we know that they understand the importance of the small and independent brewing industry to their local community. So we're, we're very appreciative of that. You know, what I would say about the CARES Act is there are lots of things in there that are very beneficial to our members. Uh, I'll start with the SBA emergency loan uh, process. That could prove enormously helpful in providing a bridge and funding to keep small businesses afloat. Uh, the employee retention tax credit will you know, really help the hardest hit breweries. And those are ones I'm thinking of that are impacted by 50% more uh, in terms of revenue declines. And you know, I think an important note here for all of our li your listeners is that, you know, in our world, in the Brewers Association world, we have we, we look at the business models like this. We look at breweries that we consider packaging breweries. Those are the breweries that put their beer in bottles, cans or kegs. We look at breweries that are brew pubs, that are restaurant breweries that are selling you know, 75 percent or more of their beer on site, but also have. A meaningful, you know, kitchen or restaurant operation, and then there are what we call taproom breweries, and I'm sure you're familiar with that phrase. But it's really the brew. All three of those categories have been, you know, hit tremendously hard. But it's the brew pubs and the tap rooms that have really taken it on the chin because they make a good portion of their generate a good portion of their revenue and generate a good portion of their profits from beer sales direct to the beer drinker over the bar. And now in 30 plus or more states where there are mandatory closures, closing on restaurants, uh, on-premise consumption, um, those, those, those breweries have been, you know, they've been crushed 
Right. And so this legislation, uh, you know, ideally it keeps them afloat until the world comes back to normal and people start going going out again. If you're if you're a packaging brewery, you know, putting your beer in bottles, cans, or kegs, there's some positive news because uh, in most states, uh, off-premise uh, retail for beer sales, grocery stores, liquor stores, depending on what state you're in, et cetera, uh, those those businesses have been deemed essential, and so and breweries are allowed to keep producing beer and sell it to the the off-premise retail locations and there's there's been a a bump a a slight an increase in in those sales uh so there's some positive news there that then that would be coupled with more bad news that is um you you didn't hear me mention draft beer sales uh receiving a bump right now and in fact draft beer sales have been also decimated because on-premise consumption think about where you drink draft beer right it's at a mm-hmm. it's at a restaurant it's at a bar it's at an event yeah. it's at a concert it's a sporting event uh draft beer sales have gone to virtually nothing and so you got that being a really bad negative impact on, on breweries not not just craft breweries all breweries and then there's a lot of beer that's in the system richard it's in kegs it's at retail it's with distributors it's at, at breweries and their tanks and it's going to go out of code. It's eventually going to go bad. Right. And so, you know, we have petitioned the government asking for a, you know, one $900 million tax credit to address that situation. But getting back to the CARES Act for a minute, I would say delay in payroll tax payments will also help maintain, hopefully help maintain brewery, brewery employment and cash flow. Increase in the deduction limit on credit um, will help maintain the a brewery's liquidity and you know and don't forget about the $1200 payments to uh most Americans that's going to help put people's that's going to put in people's hands that that money will go into people's hands help the beer drinker which in turn could help support the stale sales of many staples including beer um and then finally the thing that we're looking at a lot the excise tax waiver for alcohol used to make hand sanitizer uh, it's going to help brewers assist in their communities you know, we've seen a lot of breweries uh, take take uh, you know that 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 TTB waiver up and and move forward in in that in that direction. So that's my kind of my top line thoughts on you know how the CARES Act will help will help small breweries. Uh, we're doing a uh, what we call a, a Brewers Association Power Hour with somebody who's going to present to you know our membership on how they can take you know b- take best advantage of all of the provisions that are in the CARES Act. You know the SBA loans; uh, those are those are certainly uh, of high interest to our members. That's great that you're doing the Power Hour too. The the uh, helping your members understand sort of what all of this means for them, I think, is really really important. And it's great that you're doing that. I want to talk a little bit about dealing with all of that beer that's essentially out in the marketplace that is probably going to go bad, and and how you guys are approaching getting some of the costs of that addressed? Yeah, it's tricky ground for a trade association because we can't really go out with a message saying all breweries should do this or all distributors should do that or all retailers should do this. Uh, You know, what my thoughts are is that all three tiers, supplier tier, 
distributor tier, retailer tier should work together. And if there is pain to be incurred, it should be shared. And, you know, we have to make sure that we don't forget about the retail tier in this equation because that's where most of this beer is going to be sold when the country gets back to normal. And we want to make sure there are retail outlets, you know, that are still in business. I mean, some of my favorite places to drink beer in this country are in D.C. And, you know, I know they're hurting right now. And so we have worked the Brewers Association in conjunction with uh, the National Beer Wholesalers Association and the Beer Institute and the American Beverage Licensees have, uh, you know, sent in a messaging. We've sent a formal letter uh, to congressional leadership asking for a $900 million tax credit. Uh, it wasn't that was not part of the CARES Act, and we un- understand that from the timing perspective. But now we are having the opportunity to weigh in with some of our congressional champions on what we would like to see at the in the next uh, stimulus bill, which we know is coming when Congress comes back to comes back in session in April, right around I think April 20th or so. And so that is uh, that is one of the things that we are you know we will be banging the drum on even more vociferously uh, in the days and weeks ahead. Excellent. I know that your members and all of the breweries that we love in this region will very much appreciate that. Speaking of this region, we've seen, and I think lots of uh, folks across the country have seen, breweries and brew pub pivoting to delivery and to go uh, service where it is legal. And here in D.C., in Maryland, in Virginia, the local jurisdictions, state and counties and cities are are changing the laws very quickly to allow breweries to move into delivery and to go. Are you seeing that in a lot of places along the country? And part two of that question is, are you seeing other interesting responses that breweries are making in response to this crisis to try to continue to get product into the hands of consumers and generate revenue? Yeah, you've hit on most of them, uh, Richard. Uh, You know, what I would say is, you know, innovation and uh, is a hallmark of the American craft brewing community. And in times of crisis, uh, you'd expect nothing less. Uh, breweries are, you know, what they're, they're bobbing, they're bobbing and weaving and scrambling to set up sales. You know, uh, one of our messaging points is you can still support your small and independent brewery. You know, right now, even if you can't go there and have a beer, you know, you can buy beer to go. You can get, you can buy a gift card for future use or for to give to somebody as a, as a random act of kindness, or you can buy brewery merchandise online. Well, Bob Peace, uh, executive director, wait, president, what's your official title? I'm sorry. <laughs> Chief bottle washer. <laughs> no, uh, uh, president and CEO. I have right. the best job in the world. It's my honor to represent uh, 8,000 small and independent breweries across this country. Well, Bob, thank you so much for joining us on the DC Beer Show. I know you're very busy right now, and I appreciate your taking the time to talk to us. Always a pleasure to visit with you, Richard. Stay well, my friend. All right. We'll talk again soon, I hope. We've been talking for the past couple of weeks, of course, to a lot of breweries about the the ways that they are reconfiguring their business models to address this crisis, to focus more on delivery and to-go orders. Now, imagine if you had like 20 restaurants that you had to do that for, uh, 20 bars and restaurants with, a, with you know, scores of, of menu items uh, and hundreds of employees. Well, 
here in DC, the folks who have, I think, done that best is Neighborhood Restaurant Group. And we've got Greg Engert from Neighborhood Restaurant Group on the line right now to tell us about their new program for de- for delivery and takeout uh, from their restaurants. Thanks for being here, Greg. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Richard. Uh, great to talk to you. So you guys have this new thing called uh, Neighborhood Provisions that you pretty much thrown together in two weeks, like everybody else. <laughs> uh, why don't you tell folks what it is and what it's what they can get? So Neighborhood pro, uh, Provisions is kind of a, a one-stop shop for all of the things that the Neighborhood Restaurant Group has done so well, I think, um, uh, in the past, and uh, a bunch of new things that we know people really want and need. So, you know, when you go to Neighborhood Provisions, uh, which is nrgprovisions.com, you're going to see um, the ability to order all sorts of things, you know, from from beer, wine, and spirits to red apron meats um, to grocery items like eggs and, and flour to pastries and cakes and cookies um, from Buzz to hot food um, coming out of our kitchens and uh, you know, so so kind of combining all the things that people are looking for in delivery and carry out now on on one site. And the other cool thing about the hot food is we've kind of selected a, a best of uh, menu from all of our different restaurants. So you can get like, you know, red apron sandwiches and burgers alongside church tea tater tots and, you know, and, and, and Rustico pizza and all that. So it's a really, really cool kind of broad uh, shopping uh, experience. It sounds fantastic. Uh, the idea of being able to get Rustico pizza and church key tater tots. Is, yeah. I'm just like, my mouth it's is cool. watering right now. That's fantastic. Now, how is this, how has neighborhood provisions, and you're pulling this together, sort of affected how you're dealing with the the, the staffing and employee issues that restaurants and bars are facing? So, you know, uh, the biggest thing here was how can we keep as many of our employees employed, right? And, and to your kind of your previous point, like we have 20 different locations. So the idea of doing carry out and delivery from all 20 of those just was not feasible. We just, there the just incredibly inefficient. The, we just could never afford the labor that that would have taken. So what instead we tried to do was to consolidate to neighborhood provisions, which has uh, multiple hubs, we're calling them, kitchen and, and beverage hubs in D.C. and in Virginia, but not 20, obviously, to kind of consolidate that down so that we can drive volume out of those hubs and employ more of our people in that way for receiving orders, packing orders, updating websites, delivering the goods themselves. And that's one of the things we're very excited about with Neighborhood Provisions is everything you ordered to that site is getting made, packed, invoiced, and delivered to you by a neighborhood restaurant group employee. It's not DoorDash or Uber Eats or something like that. That was very uh, important important for us. And that's a, that's a really innovative way, I think, uh, to make sure that that revenue from, from delivery really stays with the employees. Is No offense to DoorDash and, and Uber Eats and those services, they're fantastic. And in normal times, they're you know, efficient and effective. But at this point, you know, letting and we're hearing a lot of breweries do that, too, with their delivery things. It's basically the employees totally. who are driving this stuff out. And that's a great way to do it. So keeping it sort of all in the family and keeping all of that money and all of the tips in in your employees pockets as much as possible, I think is a, is a really 
uh, inspiring way to, to adapt to to the current crisis. Totally. And the, the other thing I'd say is that, you know, we've got a bunch of really cool initiatives coming up, too. So in addition to, you know, the standard hot food that you can get delivered right away, the beverages I mentioned and all the pantry items as well, we're going to start putting together really cool, like family meals that are created by different chefs in the group. So one night you might have the opportunity to buy a full meal from Robert Curtis and his incredible Turkish menu, Turkish inspired menu from Hazel. The next night it might be Tony Chittam's uh, Mediterranean inspired menu um, from Iron Gate. On the beer side, you know, we're really clipping along with Blue Jacket, actually just having released a brand new collaboration IPA with Kushwa um, called Smile in Disguise. We've got a bunch of really cool releases coming up, but you know, we're also going to start doing some some flash seller sales through this site for some of our inventory at Church Key and Sovereign. We've got some really cool spirits um, kind of tucked away that are extremely rare and people are going to want. And we're going to figure out ways to kind of raffle those off. And so a lot of really fun um, programming ideas are going to are going to come out of this. Well, that sounds really interesting. And the innovation is something I've been hearing a lot from a lot of different fronts, not just in the beer and restaurant community, but with lots of other businesses that I work with in my overall business. Um, Lots of folks are coming up with innovative ways. Do you, Greg, do you think that there's any chance that some of these initiatives and some of these ideas that are coming out might last beyond this crisis as as a business model for NRG? 100%. You know, I mean, this is like, let me be clear. This has been uh, an absolute uh, disaster for for everybody. And, you know, obviously we're included in that, but we are seeking silver linings anywhere we can find them. And we've just been so, um, you know, kind of just blown away by the work of our team to get all this together. And we really embrace it as an opportunity to exactly to what you said, to create a new business and one that has legs beyond the current crisis. So, yeah, I mean, all this work is going to be really necessary now, but I think it's going to be really amazing going forward, you know, having that ability to continue to bring um, delivery with these kinds of products to your door um, is something that we certainly hope that will continue to last. And frankly, it's something we've talked about for a long time, just really never had the, um, had the, the, the time to, to jump on it. And so uh, we're excited to be able to do that at this point. Well, I live in Tacoma Park, Maryland, just about a mile from the D.C. border. Can I get stuff from Neighborhood pre- Provisions? And who can? <laughs> and, you know, okay, that's a great question. Uh, question. So at this point, unfortunately, Maryland is not, is not part of the program. However, Never say never. We have we're we're looking at ways that that might be able to be a possibility down the road. Right now, um, and this is pretty important. We've got three zones for delivery. And if you go to the um, neighborhood provisions site, nrgprovisions.com, you can you can find out all this. DC is a zone, so that's something we were we were committed to right away. Is that we would deliver to all of DC, not like a five mile radius from this place. Of, place we're embracing the entire district all wards so if you're anywhere in dc you can order um through this and in dc you've got some um added bonuses because there are a few differences between the menus in dc and virginia just based on what's permitted and what's not and kind of what we can execute so in dc we have blue jacket beer in addition to beers from other amazing brewers available 
Um, and we have we have wine, but we also have spirits um, available in D.C. If you're in Virginia, we have a zone in Alexandria and then a zone that's in kind of Arlington, um, moving into some parts of, of Fairfax County. And those are um, a little bit of a different menu. We don't have the ability right now to distribute, I'm sorry, to deliver spirits or Blue Jacket cans in Virginia, although Blue Jacket cans are coming. Um, and food-wise, I mentioned earlier, Rustico Pizza, because our pizza ovens are in Virginia and not in D.C., Rustico Pizza is available if you're living in Virginia but not in D.C. Okay. That's uh, disappointing for me, <laughs> but wonderful for everyone else. Uh, and so Greg, well, you know, I, I know you have some, I know you have plenty of friends in the district too, so I'm sure they would, they wouldn't mind ordering for you. You can go and do a quick pickup from them. Right. That's at true. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. I might, I, yeah, I might have to find my friends who are just over the border. Um, right. Right. Well, Greg Engert from neighborhood restaurant group. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us about neighborhood provisions. Thank you and your entire team for acting so quickly to pivot your business model to not only be able to sort of keep your employees as much as possible gainfully employed, but to be able to provide the amazing restaurant and, and brewery products that you provide to so many people. We really appreciate it. It's our pleasure. And um, thank you for, for having me on today. And thank you everybody out there who's been such uh, an outstanding supporter of neighborhood restaurant group over the years. And now um, in this tough time, I, I think that, we're going to all get through this and um, can't wait to uh, to share some beers in person uh, once we do. So thanks a lot, Richard. You got it. And it's and it's neighbor. What's the what's the URL again for people? It's nrgprovisions.com. nrgprovisions.com. Everybody, if you're in Virginia, if you're in the district, go uh, go get yourself some food and drink from our friends at Neighborhood Restaurant Group. <laughs> Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine has decided to help breweries and other brewery and beer-related businesses at this incredible time of need by awarding $100,000 worth of advertising in $5,000 grants. This is open right now, and I've got co-founder and CEO of Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine, John Bolton, on the line with me. John, thank you for being on the DC Beer Show. Well, thanks for having me, Richard. Really appreciate it. So will you tell us a little bit about the inception of this idea to do these grants uh, and to give $100,000 worth of advertising away on all, across all of your properties, by the way, print and digital, I believe. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, the, the grant is um, for any kind of advertising or on any product we have. We, When we were discussing this and um, my partners, um, Hayden uh, Strauss and Jimmy Bogner and I were sitting down trying to figure out a way that we could be impactful um, and helpful uh, during this time because it is uh, obviously a very difficult time for, for all people and businesses. And I think the craft beer world has been hit as hard as any. Um, you know, we gave a, we kind of tossed a lot of different things around, but one of the things we thought is, okay, well, the one thing we have that's really valuable that people are willing to pay for, uh, well, there's two things, content and audience. And, um, and so, you know, we thought the, the audience component would be something that we could immediately have an impact on. So we started at a lower number. And as we talked, it kept on getting higher and higher. And then we decided, you know, let's settle in on $100,000. Uh, no strings attached. All they have to, all folks have to do, uh, it's basically is any business in the craft beer industry that has been impacted 
in a meaningful way, um, you know, obviously negatively by, uh, by, uh, you know, COVID-19 and, um, really just fill out a, um, a short questionnaire with, uh, you know, their name, the name of the company, the address, phone number, email, a short description of the products they sell, and then a short description of why they feel like, um, this would be impactful and helpful to their business. Um, you know, like 200 words or less. So, you know, the great thing is it's about an average of about 20 minutes if people are thoughtful about it, maybe 25 at the most to, to complete the grant application. Uh, we've had already 328 uh, completed applications since we launched it uh, late last week. Uh, and, um, you know, the applications are open until April 7th, and then we'll start awarding them on April 10th. Um, and it's been fantastic. So it's $100,000. Um, we originally had 20 grants for 5,000 each. Uh, I'll be honest, Richard, though, when reading through a lot of these applications, we're also considering maybe breaking up some of the grants into more regional, smaller grants that would be more impactful to local businesses. Because one of the things we've seen over and over again, I mean, there's plenty of national businesses that have applied or regional uh, businesses that have applied for grants, but there's a lot of small breweries out there and businesses out there that have a very local reach maybe it's a 200 mile radius or something like that uh that have been really really impacted negatively and so maybe we were thinking okay maybe we could break up some of the grants a little bit smaller and say okay we can geo target you know let's say web advertising or 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 dedicated email for that region for that brewery and be able to even provide more grants uh that would be more impactful to some of those businesses so we're but uh, in any case, it will be at least $100,000 that we'll be granting. And uh, we're really excited about doing it. And uh, I'll tell you, after reading through a lot of these applications, it was something that was really needed. Um, it, it made, I actually said to my business partners the next morning when we had over 100 applications the first first day, and I said, you know, I feel a lot better about this than I did even when we launched it, because if there's a need there and if we can do something to help these folks, then I'm really happy to do that. Well, I know that everybody in the industry appreciates you guys making this wonderfully altruistic offer uh, to communities. And I, I really, really impressed by the, the uh, innovation in just the last, you know, what is it, five days since you launched this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something uh, like that. Yeah. Uh, and generally, that's what we're seeing across the industry right now. It's just an enormous amount of innovation and very, very rapidly pivoting to, to whatever works in this crisis. Yeah, and we'll even probably put together some recommended packages based on, you know, the brewery, what we know about the brewery. And now we'll still say, if they want to say, hey, I don't really care about that. I'd rather have, you know, like you say, a full page ad or whatever it is, then we'll do it for them. Sure. Uh, but I think, you know, we we certainly will make some recommendation based on our, uh, our knowledge and our list sizes for certain things because, you know, we have, um, you know, a lot of online uh, newsletter subscribers, a lot of you know, podcast listeners, a lot of uh, magazine subscribers, um, and obviously a, a large online audience on a website. So, um, it, and we do have the capability of geotargeting really it, to any extent. So, you know, in my, from my perspective, if I was a smaller brewery, uh, in, in an area where I didn't really distribute outside of a hundred or 200 miles, then I'd certainly would rather more advertising to that area than less advertising to a more national audience. Sure. And even with a smaller grant, that gives that brewery the option to look at different tactics, geotargeting on the website, uh, you know, geotargeting of your email outreach, uh, those types of things, which means that dollar for dollar, they're 
their their ROI on the grant you've given them gets gets much better, right? Absolutely. What you guys are doing over at Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine uh, is a credit to the industry. It's a credit to you. Uh, thank you very much, John Bolton, for being on the DC Beer Show and for making $100,000 of advertising available to, to folks in the industry across the country. Well, thank you, Richard, for helping to get the word out. It's very much appreciated. Thanks for listening to the DC Beer Show. You can follow along with us as we try to navigate all of the things going on right now during the coronavirus pandemic that affects craft beer lovers, craft beer brewers, brew pubs, restaurants, and retailers. You can find us on social media at DC Beer and, of course, on the web at dcbeer.com. Tell your friends about the DC Beer Show. Give us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. And remember, always drink good beer and wash your hands. (laughs) 